The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here with a jubilant Charles Cummins to look ahead to Saturday's game with, at Six Fields with Harrogate Town. Charles, last night, Tuesday night, sorry, as we record this, uh, <laughs> you were away in a at a gig. I was, yeah. Yeah, Paramore block party. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want to advertise it beforehand. Um, no. there, there was part of me that, that felt like I was cheating on my girlfriend. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> At this stage of the season. Well, if you're going to with anyone. Well, um, <laughs> now, now, now. We won't get no, into that. Parabar are uh, an excellent band, yes. Excellent band, mm. excellent band. But, yeah. um, but so you kind of were hidden away from the Mate, the I was, I was completely oblivious to what was going on, apart from... Um, so I think, if I can remember this rightly, I think... Block Party came on as the second support act at around about a quarter to eight, so about kickoff time. And they had a 45-minute set to play that would take them through till half eight and therefore half time. Now, I think they actually ended up finishing slightly earlier than that and finished at around about 20 past eight. And... Nick, my partner, was like, okay, I'm not really bothered about Block Party. So she was like, about quarter past eight, she got up to go and, you know, have a wee, get a drink, whatever. Um, And I just said to her, would you just check the score for me, please? (laughs) So she did, and she came. when she came back, she had checked the score, and it was 1-0, and that was all I knew. I didn't know who had scored it. I didn't know how we were playing. I knew nothing apart from the fact that we were winning 1-0 at, that moment and then at what was half time so block party then finished and it was half time and we were waiting for paramore to come on and i was like right they're not coming on till about nine o'clock here i can tell i will go and have a quick wee and while i'm out there i will try and get some signal on my phone and, and see what the score is at half time and i spent 
first of all, there was a massive queue for the gents as well as the ladies. So I was like in this queue for what was what felt like forever, but was probably about 10 minutes. And the reason why it felt like it was so long was because even though my phone said it had a full load of 4G signal, it wouldn't load anything on the <laughs> oh, internet. It's painful. It's and I painful. was like, I can't load Twitter. <laughs> I couldn't load the BBC Sports app, the Sky Sports app. I could not load even Google just to check what the score was or WhatsApp to see what you guys were talking about or the Slack channel or anything. And then just as I was about to give up and go back in, so I'd, I'd had my wee, give up and go back into <laughs> what was essentially a concrete breeze, breeze block blocking out all the signal suddenly it came through the signal just suddenly turned on and it came up and it showed halftime score one all and i went oh and i felt so deflated i went back in to the arena went and found my seat again and turned out nick went you okay and i went yeah it's it's one all and she went okay you're right, and I went. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to. You know, look, I'm at the gig. This is going to be great. I'll be honest with you. It took me a good 15 minutes to just refocus <laughs> on the gig and what I was doing because I was so like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm not watching it. I can't have, you know, I can't find out what's going on. I don't have a clue. Rah, 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 rah. And and really, it wasn't until about a quarter to ten. So Paramore were at least halfway through. In fact, they weren't quite halfway through their set. But I knew the game was over at that point. And I was like, the game's going to be done. So therefore, you know, I can't think about it at all anymore. And I finally managed to sort of just settle into really enjoying the gig. The gig was fantastic, by the way. I did really enjoy it. But yeah. But I didn't actually find out the result until we were getting out of the MEN arena and it was, uh, I want to say, it was about 10 past 11. Yeah, by the got time, the time I actually, on the WhatsApp, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> You're just by like, the time I actually got back, got out, and the signal came back to my phone, because that took forever as well. And the first thing I did, obviously, was try and find the score. And I saw the score, and I just, like, in the middle of Manchester, just went berserk, like... If anybody was watching me that didn't have a clue what was going on, I must have looked like an absolute <laughs> mad like, case. Delayed, optimi- delight, delayed happiness about yeah. the gig. Delayed, delight. Like, yes, it was. That was amazing. <laughs> it was, it was like an afternoon delight, but ten times better. Uh, <laughs> so what you're saying is, during the game, ignorance was your new best friend, Charles. Indeed, is, mate. Is indeed, what you're saying, yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it was hard again. times going at some point. It so was. <laughs> Let's not do this. We did this on Tuesday morning on the WhatsApp, Danny. (laughs) And it it went on for quite a while going through Paramore songs that we could fit into. Yeah, so let's let's not go too far. I'm just just glad that there wasn't any misery business at the end. This is incredible. This, I mean, what a time. Like, we lo- lose John Guthrie before the game. I think a few rumours have come out before the game that that's happened. He's out for the season. Essentially a back four, now completely missing. Jack Sowerby goes down in the middle of the game as well. Again, I didn't know about that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, it's been a couple of times now he's had to pull up. I think it was hamstring again yeah. um, in the game. Be replaced. It's... It's just goes from worse to worse. And every time one of these injuries happens, we think, oh, that's it. You know, you, in your head, you go, there's no way. You know, they've done so well to to battle through with these injuries. There's absolutely no chance. At, at this point of the season, it doesn't matter who we're playing. Like, we're playing Rochdale, we're playing Bradford, whoever. 
it doesn't matter because the amount of effort that these guys are putting in to to get results out is is just incredible and to pull out a result like that again away from home Tuesday night after all the efforts at Carlisle on Saturday is just another another incredible evening just I just I don't know how they're doing it I don't know how we're coming out of these games with with wins. I mean, talk about block party. That last half an hour was a lovely old block party with <laughs> Norman and Dice. Dice put in a great shift as well when he come in. But um, Waza came on. I mean, it all got shifted about a bit again, and we just somehow saw it out. There was crosses after crosses going into the box. Um, but the scenes at that final whistle, I don't think there's been as big a scenes like that all season. You, you it just, think... Lee Berger just made a save, I think, right yeah. at the end. And when that whistle went, they just piled onto him and it was just absolute scenes. You think how say. good those those celebrations were at the full-time yeah. whistle. Imagine what it's going to be like when promotion oh, just is when. <laughs> you know, assured just, and confirmed. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, can we can we just have a word for for Sherring and Dyche? Because you've just mentioned yeah. them both there. They've both come back early from injury. Yeah. Sherring apparently turning around and saying, "No, I want to play. I will play." Mm-hmm. Training the day before, so would have trained on Monday. They they must have known about Guthrie's injury since basically not long after the full time whistle yeah. uh, against Carlisle. He was limping in the second half of that, um, according to a couple of people. I, I must confess. I don't really remember noticing that mm. during the game itself at the time. No, but, that's credit to him, isn't it? Yeah, um, but yeah. a couple of people said that that he was. Um, so for Sherring to basically, and Dyche, to basically put their hands up and say, look, others have been playing through, you know, hurt and pain. It's our turn. Mm. And, you know, look, yes, it's going to be difficult but we're going to do it for this team, for this mm. group of, uh, you know, group of players, group of lads, group of, you know, fans at the club and everything. It's it's incredible that they would go and put their bodies literally on the line mm. for what is essentially their job. Um, I mean, it would take a pretty good book, I'm presuming, Danny, for you to get up yeah. out of your wheelchair or whatever, uh, straitjacket or whatever <laughs> kind of thing that you'd been forced into to rest <laughs> <laughs> and then to get back on with doing a job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, credit it's, to those yeah. lads. It's exactly what fans want to see, isn't it? It's like you always put yourself in their position. You say, you know, I'd run through a through a brick wall for the cobblers as fans. And to, to see a group of players doing that themselves, we haven't seen that for years. And it's it's Scott McLeish said to John Brady afterwards, it's credit to him. And I don't think John wants to take all the credit for it, but it's credit to him and Colin and the backroom staff for instilling that in them because I... I mean, it's assuming stuff, but I don't. I didn't see any of that under Keith Cole. There was a bit of stuff in lockdown, and mm. you know they fought to the playoffs, and in the playoffs you could kind of see a little bit. But I, I just under previous managers, probably a little bit wrong to just single out Keith. But you don't, you haven't seen that kind of fight and that commitment to the cause, and you're just watching the game thinking they can't do anything more. Really. No. Like whatever the results, however this ends up in the league table, whatever, you, they can't do anything more. They've literally leaving everything out there. And whether it's playoffs, promotion, whatever, they're making us proud again. And yeah. that's all we wanted when Keith left was like, we felt so low that we, we wanted our football club back so close to the fans again. And the what the management team have done is do that. What the players have done is do that. And wherever we are next season, however it ends up, if that message is being get across the whole football league and mm. players are talking about the club again and in such a good light and people see this from the outside, it's just going to put the club out off in a, such a great light again. And, you know, we, it's just, we're desperate for 
to get the job done now. And I've just been thinking about it all day again last night and just thinking about the next one and thinking, like, can we get through another one? Can we get through Harrogate? If we can, we're another step closer. And it's, it's we're, I'm just so desperate for this group to do it because mm-hmm. they deserve to. They deserve so much of it. And I haven't been this emotionally attached to the club since 2016. And it is getting to the point now where it's going to be at least on a par with that in terms of an achievement, if not better because of the circumstances. So, yeah. I, I, you know, they've, they've made us proud again. So Yeah, I, I found it interesting. I, I think I can talk about this now. So on, on Saturday, um, the Carlisle game, I went to that game with Tom Cliff and mm-hmm. uh, a few friends for other people. And talking to Tom, who obviously knows a little bit more being the, the fans appointed director, uh, on onto the board, he was saying about how all the noise out of the club has been just another game, just another game. It's you know just another game. We're not going to make a big deal of this or anything like that. That seems to have changed since the Gar- Carlisle game. It seems to have gone from just another game to being we desperately need you here. We need mm. you to be the twelfth man mm. and. And and to, I say our credit, by our, I mean the fan base. Um, I think we've stepped up and the support has been magnificent. Watching back, you know, the game today on iFollow, you can only hear the Cobblers fans. It might as well be a home game. Mm. It, It is incredible the amount that that's changed and that's turned around i do find it interesting probably another day for this conversation danny but i find it interesting how you know you say this is probably the first time you feel emotion so emotionally attached to Mm. the club since 2016 i find it funny that we only tend to say things like that when we're doing well yeah (laughs) like yeah well yeah yeah yes yeah for another time obviously but you know it you are right I think we all do feel really attached. And I think you're right in terms of since the wilder year of promotion and and, and champions of League Two, we had 559 managers. And (laughs) with every change came, you know, that that little bit more of a distance between the fan base and, and the team, I guess, because of the fact that you couldn't get to know the players because they were only here for five minutes because... Next week, another manager's coming in and wants his own players in, wants his own system in. Yes, we had the you know success in the playoffs under Keith, and you know I don't want to take any credit away from that team at all. They they did an incredible job over that short period of time playing what was essentially a mini tournament at the height of summer. So it might as well have been like a World Cup tournament type thing. <laughs> And they did incredibly well and they made us very, very happy and very, very proud. Of course they did. So I'm not taking anything away from them. But this group, there is just something in it. And it is credit to John Brady, Colin Coldwood and everybody else that has had a hand or a foot or even just a a, a toe in the recruitment and in the coaching and in the way that the club is being run to connect with us as fans. It's incredible. Yeah. And that win was just amazing to mm. talk about adversity and going up against it and coming out on top. It is a fairy tale at the moment. Mm. So yeah. three games left. 
the first of which we're going to talk <sighs> yeah. about next. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, when, I, I don't know about you, I mean, but I'm was, going from I'm going from elation back to just rip rippling nerves again. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like I, I'm not allowed. I can't have more than say twelve hours of just joy before yeah. I go back to just shivering and shaking <laughs> because I'm I, I just I can't deal with this. It's it's no, too much. It's last season. It's last season happening all over. Like not happening again, but you know the. <sighs> The, the feelings of last season coming back to, haunt, to, to really haunt this yeah. season. They're having a massive effect on this yeah. season. Um, and we come off the pitch last night. You saw the scenes at the end and the players wouldn't have known what's gone on elsewhere. They're just so happy to have won. But when they got back and they looked at the results, Stockport Carlisle drew, perfect result. Bradford lost to Swindon late on, perfect. Stephen Joffley won, so they're, they're back in the top three again or further in the top three than they were with that game in hand. But now we're five points clear of Stockport and Carlisle. Six clear of Bradford. They've got one game in hand and to come to Sixfields. And it's just teed up. <laughs> just Danny, like, Danny, I said this to you guys today. Danny, on, on, shush on the WhatsApp. now. Shush now. <laughs> Let's not say if, any more. I'm saying more. Because oh, if we no. both win at the weekend and go into that game at Sixfields, their game in hand's after the Sixfields game. Mm. Ten years on from the Bradford-Wembley experience, we'll call it that, can't believe you're going to potentially i'm building a narrative charles i love a narrative as you well know we could seal promotion against bradford 10 years on can we not just leave the narrative it's written in the stars we can can look back on the narrative surely (laughs) come on why do we (laughs) but it's all you're doing is putting your rather large size nines into (laughs) your even bigger mouth so let's just Let's not. I can't deal with it, Daddy. No, one game honestly, at a time. One game at a time. Yeah. And honestly, like if we win Saturday, then we're a massive step closer, aren't we? And then we'll deal with whatever happens after that. But it's in our hands now, which yeah. is the big thing. You look at it, it and you a go. Weeks ago. Three more points takes us to eighty. Yeah, you are looking at it right now. With three games left, there are nine points left to play for. Right. Yep. If we nice. take those nine points, we get to eighty-six. Right, and yep. that is the exact number of points i think that has been the minimum that has guaranteed promotion over the last 10 years like if you look yeah well if, if, over the last if 10 think... years oh no sorry not minimum the maximum so that's the yeah. the most amount of points that the team in third place have needed to get to in order to be promoted so a if we reach 86 obviously we've done it at that point yeah. we will have beaten Bradford so their game in hand is basically null and void isn't it but we beat Bradford we definitely are up 86 points sees us in great place I mean who knows Leighton Orient could fall apart and, and not yeah, win a game now <laughs> and if, if if we get 86 points we won the lead by two uh, <laughs> get that train back on the track get on the track um, but yeah it's, it's game at a time and it's mm-hmm. seeing where we are and it's it would be a massive result if we can come away with Saturday with a win again to set up that Bradford game, which is going to be a sellout and you know absolutely heaving and emotional again for whatever happens this weekend. It's going to set up to be a huge game, isn't it, at Bradford? But do you know, um, do you know what I'm really interested or I'm really looking forward to? Yeah, every episode of the Basement Tales we're doing for the Patreon from now on. <laughs> <laughs> because we'll get to look at the other games and look at the ramifications of those. And I mean, like just yeah. looking at it here, the fact that Stevenage's game in hand is against Swindon, who have mm-hmm. just beaten Brad. It's Yeah, and they've got Mansfield at the weekend, right? Stevenage away. It's, it's just, you look so. at it and you just go, wow, okay, there's so much 
left to do here and left to play yeah. for in League Two. It's an it's been an incredible season at this end of the table. I know that mm. Rochdale, Hartlepool, Crawley fans won't you know feel the same way as as we do, but it's been an mm. incredible season so far. And I will be honest, I can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't I wait for it to be it's, over. But yeah, we're uh, we're nearly there. <sighs> Right, uh, we're going to take a quick break now. Uh, joining us after the break will be Harrogate fan Neil Hurst, and uh, we'll talk to him about all things Harrogate after this. Basement Towers, by the way, patreon.com forward oh, yeah. slash compass to me. Welcome back. Thank you, Charles, for that plug for the Basement Towers before the break. Um, missed my chance. Just real. I'm just all nervous. Um, but. We are now going to be joined by Harrogate Town fan, Neil Hurst. Welcome back, Neil. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Nice to see you both again. You're good. I think we, um, we were chatting before the, ge- before the game, before the podcast. I'm talking about the game already. <laughs> um, before the podcast, I think we recorded a preview show last time, but it never got released because the game got postponed, I think. Yeah, we had a frozen pitch. It was, was it just That's prior it. to Christmas, so uh, it was uh, rescheduled. And uh, yeah, that was a that was a one aller, I think, at Weatherby Road. If memory serves me right, it was. It was. I think we took the lead, and then you equalised straight from kickoff, and that was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it. That was it. Yeah. Um, but more recently, last night, we'll start with last night. Bring it up to date straight away. Three 0 against Walsall, huge result for you guys. Obviously, Walsall had a terrible run, and it it meant that Michael Flynn got sacked um, this on Wednesday morning. I think it was. Yeah, that, um, that's but just right, yeah. huge, huge result for you. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. I was listening to all the all the stuff you were just saying earlier about the excitement of the season and some of the things. I mean, you should be taking for granted you're going up, but there's just that little part of you, that little reservation, saying what if, what if. So we we are 150 to one odds to be relegated this season, which is unlikely, but yet it still could happen. So. It's just that little part. I think it's like a little protection suit you put on to make sure that you don't get too, your heart doesn't get too broken. So I'm wearing the same kind of one as you, but uh, the the basement version uh, as opposed to the upper echelons version. But to uh, to to go back to last night, it was it was stunning. I've not left Weatherby Road that happy in I, I can't remember. Uh, absolutely yonks. It was really good. We also were poor, to be fair. Uh, I've got to temper that a little bit. I think the job he's done at Walsall is, is not very good. I thought when he was at Newport, he would have done a better job uh, at the Bescott, but it's not flown for whatever reason. But we were good last night. To a man, we were good. Um, the goalkeeper, Oxley, didn't really have an awful lot to do, but but when he did, he, he did one amazing reaction save. He was good. Defence has been solid, um, but offensively on fire. I mean, there, there were some players last night who have had best games I've seen in a long time so yeah last night was a success story and I left with a big fat smile on my face <laughs> I was um, looking through the highlights earlier you can only obviously only see a limited amount on the highlights but the pace that you broke with and the pace that you were showing in attack was was pretty something else it's got me a little bit nervous about the weekend because whenever someone got the ball in an attacking position, it seems like you were just powering through. And that seems to have been the case for the last two or three games as well. It's just when you do get the ball in an attacking position, you get players forward, you get players in the box and, and you're always going to threaten a goal, I think. I, I think you're right. They've got, um, I can't think of his name now. They've got a massive centre-half at Walsall. Massive unit. Oh, is it Monty, is it? That's the one, yeah. 
Yeah. Absolute unit. I mean, in the air, he's a beast, and he, yeah. he's got some good good footwork for a big guy. But he he was uh, he was beaten for pace by numerous players. The overall energy of the team last night was was amazing. The runs were very good, and and they just couldn't handle it. It was as, as simple as that. And I think why is that? I think we've now since the. Um, the influx of players we had in the January transfer window, which kind of hats off to Simon Weaver. He's brought in the right players in the right position. It's given us that defensive um, backbone that we can afford to be that little bit more offensive in what we do, safe in the knowledge that we've got a lovely, uh, secure back four who are going to generally keep things pretty tight. Says the man who, prior to the Walsall game, we drew on the previous three games two all, but gloss over that. Generally speaking, we're defensively pretty (laughs) solid. But that was two goals down in all of those three games, right? Correct. That shows the kind of the, the mentality of the team. You, you earlier on were talking about the Northampton team about kind of you know running through walls and having that kind of mentality. It, it's great to have been able to say that I've seen the same. Certainly since the turn of the year, players really digging in, really, really running the heart out, and you can tell at the end of the game they're absolutely knackered by virtue of just putting in a full shift and there's nothing there and that that's as a fan that kind of if you lose or if you draw you can kind of take a little bit of solace in the fact that you can only give what you can give mm. and what what happened in january was it merely the the signings was a whole change in attitude because the first half of the season it looked um, you look through the results you think this is the results of a team that have changed their manager halfway through the season but obviously you haven't um simon weaver's been there for about 57 years now um, but it does look like a team that have changed significantly halfway through um obviously so many draws in that but it feels like you've just learned a way to get out of games with something if you're not if you're not winning games yeah um, was it was it generally down to the signings or was it a, a overall mentality thing i'd say it was primarily that I, I remember in the original um chat we had for the, the game that was called off um we were talking about some of the players, maybe we weren't defensively, physically strong enough to deal with what was coming. And and Simon Weaver's addressed that. And he's, I look back at the defensive, let's call it five, the goalkeeper and the four defenders prior to Christmas and after. And and it's literally a new back five. We've got, a, when I say a new goalkeeper, uh, we've got a, a, bought a new goalkeeper at the start of the season from York City. Um and he's been replaced with Oxley, who was our goalkeeper last season. He's performed very well. We got in um, O'Connor, I think it was from Morecambe, um, and Eastman on loan from Colchester, who got to single him out for special praise. I mean, firstly, I don't understand why Colchester loaned him to us because we're in a kind of a relegation battle with him. But that's by the by. He has been Tom Eastman. Oh, out of this world, outstanding. Really good. Out of this world. Um, then we got a left back in from Bradford City, uh, Folds, who's been very good, very good offensively. And then um, a younger lad called Sims at right back, who's yeah, just full of vim and vigour. He's, he's good in the air. Uh, he did get a red card um, in the 90th minute, which, which frustrated some people. But yeah, th- to answer your question, there was a whole personnel change. The whole defence changed. Um we got a lad in from Southampton on loan, uh, Kazim Alegbe. He, you would have seen the lovely goal he scored against Walsall the other night. Yeah. Uh, and then and then Sam Follerin's getting more game time. And 
if you were going to ask me, and I don't want to preempt what you're going to ask me, but if you're going to say, what's the player to watch out for? He's come into the team of late, last two or three games. He's very, very quick, um, but he backs it up as well. He backs it up with a finish or a good cross. Uh, and, and then not a new player, but the player who's played pretty much every game for us all this season, Armstrong up front. I mean, for a team that's been fighting relegation pretty much all season, He's up there in the uh, in the top of the charts for uh, for scoring goals, so yeah, the reason to be happy. Reason to be happy. Yeah, I think I probably mentioned Armstrong in the in the previous podcast. I'm such a big fan of his because not just for his goals, but his work rate and his his energy and his power is is. I feel like his. I'd love to sign him. He's, he's got the the sort of look of a Louis Apere for us, and it's not just goals; it's hard work and and constant energy but I think he signed a new deal for you last year didn't he and he, he absolutely he what, did there to 20, 2025 so indeed just so important to you and like I say keeping him fit for the whole season must have been must be massive for you and I think without them goals you would have been in a little bit of trouble wouldn't you? All, all day. I couldn't agree more with you I mean yeah he's good yes he gives you all the things that you've just said but he remains fit uh, mm. I, I can't ever remember him being injured um we should definitely get him in. <laughs> I was going to say that, but no, he's he's outstanding and he's so good in the air. He's a handful for any defender. Um, and is I don't know whether you remember his dad, Alan Armstrong, who used to play for Middlesbrough yeah. and Blackburn and the like. He mm-hmm. was he was kind of similar, but no, he's he's awesome. But I, I've listened to what you said prior about your your hopes and ambitions for Saturday, and you obviously uh, want to win and need to win and. Um, I dare say the bookies would put your favourite because you're at home, certainly, and you're you're at the upper end of the table and we're at the lower end. But I suppose the message I want to impress upon you is we're not that easy to beat. And that might sound a bit daft, but the stats say that that since, since the turn of the year, we've played 20 games um, and we've only lost five. So we've got points out of three out of four games, basically, since mm. since the turn of the year. Now, if I'm sat where you are with me cobbler shirt on, I'd be thinking they're taking points out of three out of four games. That's that's not insignificant. And then if you also add in the fact, off the top of my head, we we won away at Carlisle uh, a couple of weeks ago. We got a point against Leighton Orient. We've got the ability to to take points off the teams at the top of the table away. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. I don't think it's going to be as possibly easy as the table might look like it might be yeah i i think you're right with that neil because i think i was guilty of thinking that last time around um when we played each other at the end of feb so it's not been that long really since we last faced because of the fact that we had to reschedule um the original fixture i think that game i was like oh we should turn these over should be shouldn't shouldn't really be a problem and when we went one nil up it was like okay yeah there we go it's going to be fine but for so quickly for armstrong to equalize uh for you guys and then from there on it became it went back to being a battle from what i remember of that game we kind of battled hard got ourselves in front and you thought at that point and i certainly did great we've now got the goal that will give us the confidence to kick on and to push on, and now we'll go and get goal number two, and maybe goal number three. But because you equalise so quickly, literally cancelling out our, our our opener, 
I know it's a very obvious thing to say, but to do it so quickly has a much bigger impact than if you'd have equalized sort of 10 minutes later. So the fact that we'd, we'd worked so hard to get our noses in front and then lost that lead so quickly and so easily and clumsily, I would say, allowing it to happen. I, I don't expect us, the, obviously not the, the club, the team, but I don't expect the fan base necessarily. If they're, if they're actually thinking about it and not getting too carried away <laughs> with what's going on, then I, I think we do all see it as, actually, this is, a, this is a difficult game. This is a, you know, there are potential banana skins here for this particular fixture and, and we can't afford it really to happen. Yeah. Yes, it looks like one of the easier games on paper for all the reasons that you said before. But yeah, if we were to actually go into it thinking job done, then we will be in trouble. I don't think, Danny, to be fair, that there's any danger of that actually happening within the squad or within no, the fan base I don't think from the I don't think from the players, there's, if it was any other time of the year, maybe the fan base, I think. Mm-hmm. But the fan base, I think, should majority, 80-90% of them should understand what's going on in terms of injuries and stuff. And, mm. and it's right at the end of the season that they know the implications of it. Um, I just they, I always worry about games like this at home because you just think, uh, is there going to be that little section of people who turn up expecting to win and walk over it? And it's just not going to happen. I don't think it's not going to be a walkover. You know, we've seen Harrogate go to Leighton Orient and come from two down. We've seen them come from two down twice in the last few weeks, unbeaten in six. You know, almost guaranteed safety now. So they might be playing a little bit with the shackles off now. And after that Tuesday night game, they'll, they've got every right to. So, uh, yeah. That that's my worry a bit of going into the weekend, but I, th- I just I've got I'll worry about it. I would worry if we were playing <laughs> Chippenham Town at home yeah, this weekend because it's just the way you are as football fans at this time yeah. of the year. And yeah, <laughs> I, I would I would argue that we I, I think it's our responsibility uh, as the fans to if there is anybody that's turning up thinking that we're just going to win and it's going to be a simple one to just kind of actually be the ones that go hang on a minute no so. Here and now, I am saying this isn't going to be an easy game. I know that we all think that and, and, and look at it and go, it's Harrogate Town compared to where you know we are in this league table, and in terms of you know the the two clubs' histories. Then yes, on paper we should win it. However, we really, really can't afford to be thinking it like that. You've got to look at everything, the whole context of it. We've talked about Harrogate's results there. We all know what's going on with our squad in terms of our injuries and how hard the players are having to actually work to even keep themselves stood up, let alone play a game of football to the uh, you know the high echelons where they can win the game. So I do think that you know we've got a massive part to play, and I think it might be one of the really difficult ones to do it with because Bradford are going to bring, you know, they're going to sell the the South stand out. They, they already have, haven't they? Um, so that's just shy of a thousand tickets. Uh, Neil, any, any idea how many of uh, the sulfurites are going to be coming down to, to support them? I know that. Well, I can tell you. aren't always huge. I can tell you, look, I don't know whether you can see that. Look, there's, you got, you've got at least one. That's me. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be there on Saturday. Um, I, I would imagine you, you're probably talking tops 175. That, that, that seems to be 
judging by I've laid Doncaster, Grimsby away, we took around about that. Uh, Salford, that was a Tuesday night, slightly less, more like 100. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't think we're going to be uh, packing out to the rafters. Well, let me give you an indication of last night. We had less than 2,000 at, uh, at Weatherby Road last night. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, where Walsall didn't bring up too many, but I, I, I do actually do remember when Northampton came up. I think you got an allocation of 600, which is the, the most. And um, I'm, I'm as sure as it can be, that looked full. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. you saw that the entitlement. And the one distinctive thing I do remember about in particular, the Northampton fans was not necessarily cheering their team or, or berating them. It was the fact that I think we were doing some renovation work at the time and there was no beer available. And, <laughs> oh, uh, that's right. They yeah, spent yeah. Mo- yeah. Most of the game yeah. chanting uh, about there being no beer. Yeah, it sounds about right, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You've got to about something. That, that's fair enough. But it, it's funny you should, uh, you should mention Bradford because I, I work... I work in a, in a place called Bingley in West Yorkshire, and it's um, it's predominantly uh, the employees there support Bradford, and they certainly at the start of the week before the game on Tuesday, before they lost to Swindon, they were absolutely full of it that they're on they're on a roll, they've turned the corner, they're coming into form at the right time, and um, it wasn't just they're going to get promoted; they were going to get promoted automatically now. Last night's game was obviously dented that plan significantly, but I, I speak about football quite a lot of work, as, as most football fans do. And the, the conversation I had the other day with a, with a Bradford fan was about um, your perceived um, level that your club should be at. So for me, with Harrogate Town in Division 2, if I'm being honest, it, it, it almost feels like we're overachieving. Um, we, we seem to be in a division with big teams of which I, I would view Northampton, relatively speaking, as a big team. You probably don't get that very often, but but that's the way I view it. <laughs> Bradford fans, on the other hand, they're like, Division 2, no way. Look at the size of our stand, look at our attendances. Mm-hmm. And they view themselves, they, they kind of, I don't know, I always get the impression they're embarrassed of being Division 2. They should be arguably championship is, is where they perceive themselves to be. So, um, yeah, they're, they're a funny bunch, Bradford fans. I think they've gone through such a such a torrid time moving from, from the, the Premier League all the way down. They've got this massive stadium with a huge following. They do get a great following, to be fair to them. Um, but, but, but they're down in Division 2 and they don't view their status as a, as a Division 2 club and, and they're, they're automatically expecting to get out of it. I think part of the, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm looking at this from the outside in. I, I don't know any Bradford fans to talk to, uh, like you obviously do, Neil. But I, 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 from the outside in, I always think to myself that part of the problem with Bradford City is the expectation from the fan base, and actually, one of the things that has really benefited us in the last few weeks is that I think. I don't think anybody actually expects us to win promotion in the fan base now. We are all literally in the same place where we're all thinking, let's just hang on to this really tiny thread (laughs) that we've now got clutching collectively, you know, 7,000, however many of us there are at a game. Literally, we're all just hanging on to this, this 
really thin cotton bud that that hoping that we can make it over the line and it's we're more actually looking at it and going time hurry up time you know the season needs to hurry up and end we need to get through because it's not so much almost we expect to win like like you know I didn't expect us to beat Sutton on Tuesday night I really didn't I mean not just because of the fact that you know the injuries and everything like that but also because I don't think we've actually beaten Salford, uh, Sutton sorry in the games that we've played against them since they were promoted and and we first met last season I think they've all been either draws or defeats I think we did lose to them earlier in the season Danny mate I, I think it was 2 all wasn't it Is it 2 all yeah. you know so I, I wasn't expecting to win. And I think an awful lot of our fans are actually just hoping that that's what we're doing is we're hoping mm. that we can get over the line. Whereas I think Bradford over the years, I'm not saying right now, but over the years, I think they literally go into every season going, well, look, we get 17,000 turn up every single week, week in, week out at home. We should be in at least league one. So we should win promotion look who our manager is this this time around we should win this league we've got the top goal scorer in the league we should win this league that is where they are constantly whereas one of the things I've kind of noticed through looking at you know watching what their fans are doing on Twitter is that they look like they're actually a little bit more in the hope mindset and have been for the last couple of weeks. And therefore their performances have actually shown and, and gone along with that. And the hope has grown bigger. And then they've had this this blip essentially against Swindon. And whether or not that will now be a downfall and that will then set the tone for their supporters, I don't know. But I mean, you know, I speaking for the cobblers and, and from the way that I feel, is that I think that I'm more worried than any other feeling. I, I, I'm not going, I can't go into a game expecting to win. If anything, I'm going into the games actually expecting that we don't do enough to to get over the line and to achieve the automatic promotion. I don't mean that in a pessimistic and I'm not behind them or anything like that. I'm just, I just, every time we win, I'm like, I can't believe it. We are doing it against <laughs> all of the odds. That's, it's ridiculous. The situation that we're in, the way that I'm feeling, the way that Danny's feeling, the way that most Cobblers fans that I know are feeling right now is like, how? How is this happening? Mm. There is a part of us that is going as well and going, why? <laughs> why is it happening like this? Why can't it just be a very simple go through the season in the top three all season never feel like we're running out of gas or anything like that and just get there. Easy peasy. Yeah. Seven games left, we're already up. That kind of thing. It doesn't happen it doesn't, that way. So it doesn't. It doesn't. But I mean should should it happen that Harrogate get three points or get one point on Saturday, am I right in thinking that you should still be well placed to get automatic promotion? Well I, I think look at the, the the issue comes from the games in hand that Stephen, not so much Stevenage, but Bradford have. And the fact that we play Bradford as well a week on Saturday, 
does make that a little, you know, there's, there's more of a six-point swing available for them yeah. than just the three points from their game in hand that that would give to them. I mean, at the moment, when you are looking at it, yeah, if we only got a point from, you, you know, the game on Saturday... I think Stephen is probably overtake us, but that's the only team that can points wise at that stage. So it's more a case of, again, it's the hope that that thin bit of thread just gets more and more frayed. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it will, it will just be, whereas at the moment, the way it's going like with, with the Sutton game last night, if anything, that, that thread just, just got a little bit of extra, strength given to it um so it, it's weird i mean I, i'm going to carry on with this metaphor forever more danny i'm sorry the thread metaphor is here till the end of the season <laughs> thread, uh, murray. <laughs> thread murray indeed <laughs> yeah. um but yeah um should we could take a very quick break and then we'll be back yes. to finish off and get predictions Welcome back. Still here with Neil. Neil, uh, I wanted to come on to your manager very quickly before we do predictions. Simon Weaver, coming up to 14 years in charge, which is, in this day and age, is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I assume still happy with him. Yeah, I mean, his tenure at the club is, uh, yeah, it's unsurpassed, but I guess it helps when your dad, Irving Weaver, is the chairman of the club. (laughs) It's going to be an awkward dinner table conversation when he goes on. Exactly. You don't want to, uh, yeah. Poor Raven going back to uh, Mrs. Weaving. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you you don't want to go there, do you? So he's he's definitely come on, I think is probably um, the best thing to say. I had reservations in the first half of the season about some of his tactics, the way he lined the players up, the formation before the game and I definitely had reservations about his in-game management um, often hesitant to make a change would only make a change after the opposition had made their change so reactive rather than proactive um, but I, I don't know whether behind the scenes someone's had a word with him but since the turn of the year uh, things have changed for the for the positive um, the things I've just referenced there are, are, are far brighter uh, he seems to have more tactical nous now. He's obviously highlighted the positions and the players where there was uh, deficiencies and he's brought in the right players. Um, now, some of the players that have gone, I mean, um, Ramsey, for want of a better phrase, smashed his face in at Carlisle away. He had like cheekbone and eye socket and all that business. So he was a defender that was out the game. Uh, Jaheim Headley went back to Huddersfield where he was loaned from. He's playing for Huddersfield now. So some of them were players that were out through injury or taken away. Some were dropped um, because of of form. But the the players he's brought in have been really, really good. They've they've been outstanding. And I think without them, if I'm being honest, without that January transfer window, we would have been in a bit of a pickle. So I think... Mm his his time at the club he's he's comfortable there and i think he he can afford to be comfortable and in the grand scheme of things as i referenced earlier on us being in division 2 is probably it feels a bit not above our station but it it's the highest up the pyramid we've ever, ever been um so he's obviously doing a good job he's he's given the resources don't get me wrong but um he, he's doing okay my my view on him has changed this year absolutely 
how do you think he can take you to the next level, whatever that might be, mid-table, pushing playoffs, maybe how, how, how do you think he can do it? Do you think he's the right man that can do it? I think he has to be afforded the opportunity to do that. So he's he's been uh, since the promotion to Division Two. Fingers crossed, we're going to stay in this season. But he's he's kept us up there, and there's been no kind of loftier ambition than that, than just to kind of get get settled, get your feet into Division Two. And you're right, over the next couple of years, I think you've got to be a little bit more ambitious than that. And that and that also that's not just on the on the pitch; it's off the pitch as well. So. There are some things you've got. We've had to do with the stadium to bring it up to Division Two standards, like sticking in more seatings and sort of yeah. beer, beer opportunities yeah. for the fans and the like. <laughs> but uh, and and that's all coming on as well. But um, yeah, I think as players come and go, I think you you'll, you'll trade players out and you will trade in players of a higher higher quality. And I think that that's going to happen naturally. Um, but in terms of his tactical now, I've changed my view on him. I've changed my view on him. He's he's now showing yeah, it's, it, that it, that he can do it. Must take a while to to get used to football league as well, I guess to to kind of get used to 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 everything about it. Um, I guess and then selling yourself as a club in the football league as well. Um, when you look at, I mean, saying this in the in the best possible way to try to to not try and diminish. No, I, I know what of, you're going to say. Know, but I, 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 yeah, yeah, you know who's coming up next season, and you you kind of compare that to to what resources you have yeah and yes are you suddenly thinking like how are we going to keep up with that kind of thing yeah I mean I, I think I'm always mindful of that and I think it's probably safe to say these days um the the club name and the history of the club doesn't necessarily always equate to the success of the club often it's around fan base which Wrexham's obviously a good example but they've also got the supplementary benefit of getting loads of money wanged at them Salford they're not a particularly well-supported club, but they're uh, they've got a bit of money to chuck around as well. So, I think the history, the lineage of the club is is only part of it. Unfortunately, money talks, and, mm. and that's the way it is. So, I mean, the Irving family are not short of a couple of quid, and um, to be fair, Irving Weaver's chucked in a bundle of money to the club, and I think without his support, we wouldn't be anywhere where where we are now. So I think that that's also got to be acknowledged. Yeah, good stuff. Um, final question before we do predictions. Uh, assuming it's not you who goes down, we're thinking it's unlikely at this point. Um, Crawley and Hartlepool, I think, play each other on Saturday, right, as well. So that's probably quite helpful to you guys um, as well, coming into the weekend, knowing that at least one of them is going to drop points. So we're, I'm assuming it's not going to be you going down. Rochdale, we think, are gone. Um who do you who do you think is going out of Hartlepool and Crawley, and who do you want to go out of Hartlepool and Crawley? Um, oh, crikey! I mean, I, I can answer one of them really easily. Who do I want yeah. to go down? <laughs> That's easy. I want Crawley to go down. Yeah, I thought that might be the answer. I, I think. I mean, there's plenty of reasons. Hartlepool <laughs> are northern, Crawley is southern. Uh, <laughs> my, my northern lineage definitely says uh, uh, Hartlepool. Um, who do I think? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> it's a hard one, isn't it's it? It's really tough, isn't it? It's really tough. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Hartlepool are going to stay up. And that, that, that's, a, that's a ballsy call looking at the table. Mm-hmm. But I'd, uh, I'd like that though. I think most I, League Two fans would probably 
even if it is just for the the the, the hilarity of oh yeah. we are going to make it taking them all the way yeah. down rather yeah. than the other way that they'd come in on this massive fanfare it, it, it's that thing isn't it i think that there is there is a thing in human nature where when when bolshy people come yeah. in and go we're going to do all of this stuff and isn't it going to be great that everybody just kind of goes hope you fail yeah exactly <laughs> they, they really they really don't endear themselves to anyone and and Hartlepool mm. I've been to Hartlepool this season away such a nice gang it's bloody cold up there when you watch it but it it it's nice and it's it's nice and friendly and and I would far rather that atmosphere with a traditional club I don't want to say anymore because I could I could rant on about this all day long but you know you know what you know where I'm going Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the one yeah, thing that so. I've kind of noticed, and I don't know whether this does have anything, it probably doesn't have anything to do with the the Crawley context, let's say, but I've noticed Jeff Stelling, for example, being a lot more out there in terms of his Hartlepool support this season, or at least for the last few weeks. I think, yes, okay, normally on, on Sky, he will always cheer when he sees on the Viddy printer that Hartlepool have scored and stuff. But he's been taking on a few, you know, fans or a few, you know, accounts on Twitter Yeah. Um, in regards to Hartlepool and, and other teams. Like I noticed yeah. he had a bit of a pop at Salford. Salford, I saw uh, that, yeah. Earlier this week. And, um, you know, it's... In a way, it's really, really good. I think that you've got, uh, you know, a, a big name like Jeff um, being more vocal about, you know, their support. I did find it funny when somebody replied to him, or they were having a, you know, a, a tit for tat conversation, and uh, somebody said, "Oh, so Jeff, you'll be there on Saturday at three p.m., will you?" And Jeff replied, went and just simply sort of said something along the lines of, "Well, obviously, I'll be working." <laughs> You just sort of think, yeah. I don't think the person saying that really gave it the young thought through, yeah, yeah, and thought properly about it. But yeah, it, it, I, I I wonder how much is because you know the way that the um, you know the the Crawley board, the new owners, have acted, especially at the start of the season. You know, they did that whole sort of like one of them dressing up as a devil, doing a yeah. YouTube thing that you know basically what, what do they call it roasting or something you know the club that they were about to come up against and it being really like out of taste for our you know culture essentially just clearly not endearing themselves to the rest of the the british football yeah, culture and society. Yeah, you so, can jostle, you can have fun with opposing fans and teams, yeah. but there's still got to be that kind of underlying respect for you know for, for, yeah. for fans who go out on a on a Saturday or a Tuesday and travel miles and, and go and see them. It's you can't poke fun at that. No, and you can't help not. it if your team struggles or or, or doesn't struggle. It's, it's the luck of the draw in many respects. But yeah, I mean, you talked about the clubs that are in uh, in the division below in the. I could still call it the Vauxhall Conference. You know what I mean? Um, whatever it's called these <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, we all know. We all we all do the exact same thing. Neil. Vauxhall Conference, but but It'll the always that, be the Vauxhall. It will be, won't it? Um, the, the the clubs that are looking like they're, they're going to come up, you would imagine 
they're going to make a splash in Division 2. So mm. if Harrogate are love, lucky enough to stay up this season, we're going to have to really pull our socks up to uh, to keep out the bottom two next season, for sure. Mm. But other clubs will be in the same boat. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm really hoping that we're not in that boat. Um, <laughs> as fun as Lee 2 is. But um, predictions, Charles, mm. do we dare? No. Nope. <laughs> do we dare make predictions for this one? Nope. I'm going to just gloss over it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We, we, I suppose we should do. Should, we've done it all season, haven't we? So we should carry yeah. on with that in that vein. I am. I, I'm just going to go with my heart and say we will win two one. Yeah, I was just about to go to that as well. Leave it like that. Then. I think I think we'll concede. Uh, I'll go three two then. If you're going to go three two, ding dong. Imagine ding that ding dong to in this. Ding sort of that thing. dong. <laughs> Hearts will be well and firmly in mouths from the start. Uh, Neil, prediction for this one? You're coming down. I saw your ticket earlier. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm coming down. Um, if you were to ask me the question before the Walsall game, I probably would have been slightly more pessimistic. But um, mulling this all over in my head, we got a top performance last night. We're on this decent run of form since the new year but certainly of late you've got your injury problems psychologically your players are going to be not bottling it but they're going to be very conscious of of making a mess of this mm-hmm. all that chucked into the mixer Harrogate are going to surprise you and win 2-0 2-0 sorry it's bold Bold it's, bold, it's, it's proper yeah, ballsy. Yeah, yeah. Proper ballsy. No, I like it. I like yeah. that. I'll be honest, yeah. Neil. I'll be honest, Neil. If that happens, it's going to be very difficult to remain friends. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well. I think I'd, I'd rather someone come on and say that than actually say, "Oh, we're yeah. going to lose five 0 To be yeah, fair. to be fair. So yeah. I like that. Enjoyable. Back your team. Back your team. Yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much, Neil, for coming on. My absolute pleasure. pleasure. To, to Take care, fellas. I'm pretty sure we're not going to get a frozen pitch on Saturday, so we, this should go out on Friday. <laughs> it should be. Um, where can we find you on social media? Uh, just uh, Neil Hurst is the uh, is the handle on Twitter. Perfect. Good stuff. Thanks again for joining us with all the will in the world. I hope we don't speak to you next season unless it's in the FA Cup. Good stuff. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. We'll be back when we next speak with you. Something else dramatic will have happened, I'm sure, on Tuesday with all our reactions to this one. To, to calm your nerves ahead of the weekend, Patrons, your From the Vaults blog is live now. Not a lot to choose from from, from the Vaults for these two, but there is a From the Vaults blog live now. Uh, full match preview on thecobblers2me.com as well. We'll speak with you after the weekend. Come on, Cobblers. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.